Hi everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from the Mailed Fuzz Network. I'm Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And unfortunately, Connor is feeling under the weather, which, you know, wouldn't necessarily mean he's not on the show, but he has lost his voice as part of his flu. So, poor Ginger's lying in a bed watching movies or something right now. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, what what do gingers do when they're sick? Sacrifice puppies to make themselves I feel better? It sounds like what they do when they feel better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no Connor this week. He'll, he should be back next week. It does mean, however, that Connor's corner from the end of the show will not be here this week. And that means Harley Quinn issue 2 will not be covered until he's back and can let us know what happened. I'm sure we're all, yeah, we're all waiting with bated breath, I'm sure. But coming up on today's show... We are going to be talking about Cyborg Rebirth Issue 1, Batman Issue 5, Superman Issue 5, Justice League Issue 3, Nightwing Issue 3, Supergirl Issue 1, Green Arrow Issue 5, and finally Aquaman Issue 5. It's worth noting that Green Lantern's Issue 5 was meant to be out this week. Actually, what am I saying? I've got all these down as Issue 5. It's actually Issue 6, isn't it? Yep. I've not changed I was going to wait till you were done talking. Yeah, I've not changed all my numbers. I do apologise, folks. Add 1. Yeah. To everything there except Cyborg and Supergirl. Yeah. And ignore my cats chasing each other and causing <laughs> yeah. absolute Usually it's chaos. my animals causing sound, now it's yours. It's, it's, do you know what, it's that time of night, they're, they're, they're just in that mood where they're chasing each other and it's going to drive yeah. me up the wall. Uh, yeah, so add one to all those numbers, so issue sixes and issue fours across the board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Green Lantern's issue 6 was meant to be hitting this week, and I told you as much last week, but it was delayed very last minute. It's actually coming out next week now. Um, Rumour is it's a printing error, which makes sense because the next issue is still scheduled for the following week. Like, the set, like yeah. issue 7 has not been delayed anything, which would imply it is something like a printing error, because otherwise, you know, it'd be impressive if they, if they fell behind and then caught up again yeah. that quickly. So, um, so yeah, no Green Lanterns. That'll, that's hitting next week now. But uh, before we get to any reviews, we do have some news to talk about. One one that's particularly interesting, we got an announcement of a new book that's coming in December, and it's not an ongoing, it's a mini-series, and it's out of continuity. It's going to be a four-issue book called Supergirl Being Super, and it's going to hit on December 28th, so we have one book date for December already. Uh, it's going to be written by Mariko Tamaki, I think that's how you pronounce that. Apologies if it's not. It's got, art's going to be by Joel Jones. And um, I'm not super familiar with uh, Mariko, uh, but I'm hearing good things from people who have read her indie work. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joel Jones is actually exclusive with DC. And this is one of the first yeah. things I think she's doing as an exclusive artist. So um, I think this is pretty cool. Um, I like the idea of Supergirl getting the... American Alien for all seasons treatment that Superman's got several times in the past. Yeah. Well, especially now, too. I mean, even though it's out of continuity, uh, with the show being on, it'd be nice to see a fresh take on her origin. Hmm. You know, instead of just what we've gotten, which is just versions of the same thing. So that's what I liked about American Alien so much, is it wasn't so much an origin of Superman as much as it was for Clark Kent. Yeah. So, you know... But yeah, this is promising. Plus, Joel Jones's art, I yeah. just, I really enjoy. It's worth mentioning. There's a couple of preview pages already up. All the announcements <laughs> had came with these pages of art, and they, they look really nice. 
just one last tidbit on that though is that Mariko listed that her her main influences for this going into it are John Hughes movies and the Lumberjanes comic. So uh, sounds what, promising. Yeah, take what you will from that. Also, I want people to know who are watching the video version of this that Matt's just out of sync on Skype. He's not out, the video itself is not out of sync. Just just in case you're <laughs> thinking there's something wrong. Yeah, true. He's out of sync for me live as well, which is really weird and distracting. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I I've done nothing. I just pulled up Mariko Tamaki, uh, who's actually Canadian. So, oh. okay. yeah, uh, she's great. also. Uh, I, I only know this because someone pointed out on Twitter that the writers of Superwoman, Supergirl, and now this are all gay. Oh, which I, I didn't know. I knew Orlando was gay, but oh. I didn't know the other two were. Yeah, but uh, yeah, cool. that's cool. Um, so Supergirl being super starts at the end of December, four issue miniseries. Presumably that's monthly. And there you go. Um, another little tidbit of news we got was that the Hawkman and Adam Strange mini that's starting next month, it was originally called Hawkman and Adam Strange, I can't remember the exact title, it was like Battle for Time or Battle Out of Time. Yeah, Out of Time or yeah, yeah. something like that. Something along that. But that was actually a fake title. They've actually, well, either it was fake and they were, it was a placeholder or they just changed their mind. I'm not sure which. I, I'm, I'm inclined to think it was a placeholder because of the actual title. The actual title of the book is now called Hawkman. Or sorry, no Hawkman at the start. Just The yeah. Death of Hawkman uh, is now the title of the book. So I guess they were keeping that secret. It is worth mentioning though, if you're not familiar with Hawkman, Hawkman part of Hawkman's character and Hawkgirl as well is that they constantly reincarnate. And they have been reincarnating ever since ancient Egypt. Now... I don't know if the current Hawkman has that version of his backstory, but I'm going to assume he does. Until yeah. told otherwise. From what I heard, remember from the JLA stuff, is that it was Katar Hole from Thanagar, and he left their planet because he didn't like the stuff that was going on there. So who knows? But I just I told Pete in the chat earlier. Let me know when. It's not about the death of Hawkman. So it seems about every story about him is. You know, so I was kind of more stoked when it was Adam Strange and Hawkman palling around space. Yeah, so. I'm sure. I'm Obviously, Adam Strange is still going to be in the book. I'm sure he's not been deleted from it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe the title's not as literal as we would expect. Yeah. I just like... Hawkman's another one of those guys, like we talked about Firestorm last week, that Johns seems to like, and it would just seem like, if he's chief creative, let's lock this down, please. Like, I get mm. that you like to reincarnate him, but, like, can we stop making him an alien and then making him a guy and then making him an alien again? Yeah. Because it's hard to keep straight. Yeah, maybe that's what they'll do here, is they'll lock down yeah. where his, his origin is. Maybe they'll mix it, because I know... I know... Sometimes it's mixed. I know they showed. And there's my animal. He yeah, decided that... he, he doesn't want to be in here no more. M- much louder than my cats, might I ask. <laughs> well, he's a 100-pound lamb. I don't know. Like, <laughs> he doesn't do anything quietly. Well, I, as I say that, the cats have just thrown my door open by running straight into it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Hawkman Mini next month uh, is now the death of Hawkman. So, we'll see how that pans out when we get there. Um, Alright, let's get to some reviews. Let's talk about this week's books. Quite an interesting mix. 
Uh, first up, we get the new book, which is Cyborg Rebirth, issue one, written by John Semper Jr. and art by Paul Pelletier. Um, what did you think of this, Matt? Uh, it was a bit of a slog. I it had so much promise, and for me, it didn't deliver. Interesting. I was disappointed. Yeah. See, I I didn't love it, but I was a I feel a lot more positive on it than you seem to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I liked that it kind of did like it did the recap of the origin and explained these parents yeah. and explained all that. I think that was. Partly, I mean, we've been seeing a lot of that in the rebirth issues anyway to make sure everyone's up yeah, to speed. Yeah, and that's and that wasn't my issue with that because you know I'm fine with a, a cyborg origin, even though in the last five years this is the third time we've revisited it. You know, but mm. for new readers, it's cool. Like, let's establish who this guy is and why he's half machine, half man. Well, three quarters machine and quarter man, I guess. Yeah, well, um, I, I I quite enjoyed it. I liked. I like the unknown narrator and the sort of the analysation of Cyborg, but mostly I just like the I like the main revelation that Cyborg like finds at the end when he realizes that his father's like maybe he's not still this way, but at least when he first like saved him and put him in this like alien technology, that he like wasn't sure if he'd saved his son's life or if he created some sort of weird monster. Like I like that question. That's, yeah. I like that aspect of it. I just I thought the reveal at the end was a little bit. I didn't know what it meant. And again, I don't know if this is I'm reading it at five in the morning over a bowl of fruity pebbles before work or what. Well, no. I mean, I don't think anyone knows who that who is who that is in the last page, really. Okay, because that's what I wasn't picking up on. I was like, am I supposed to know? So it looks like cyborg. Right, like it's got the C on the chest, and is this just one of his other armors he's left laying around, like because he's upgraded? Well, no, he's been narrating the whole issue though, so it's, it's not yeah. cyborg. No, I know that. I'm saying, like, there's there's a tie there. Oh yeah, what I was picking up on. Oh yeah, there's a tie, obviously. Right? Um, so because but... I was almost expecting it to be Grid, because that was probably the best villain I think to come out of um, Forever Evil. Because it was kind of an original take on on the cyborg archetype. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure who it is. I mean, it could turn out to be Grid in some weird way. Like, yeah. if Grid's like stripped away part of his body and like he's left looking like this, it could be him. I do actually really like the idea that whoever this is has started some sort of cybernetic injustice league. <laughs> Yeah, like all like cyborg Superman's there, and then some other cyborg people. So uh, a, lot, a lot of whom aren't super well known because let's be honest, there's only a few maybe popular ones. But yeah, but from from my deep dives in DC, I picked up on the Metal Man and Red Tornado, and I got yeah, Red I, Tornado. I recognized. I I almost expected it to be either Tom Morrow, which that's a hell of a Silver Age name, or um, Will Magnus, you know. Kind of, because those are the two robot experts we know from DC. So, and then when we see all the robots there, or cybernetic beings, I kind of like that. Also kind of reminds me, they tried to do this right after Age of Ultron over at Marvel, where they assembled uh, an Avengers team of technologically uh, influenced heroes. So, you have like a Doombot as a hero. Here comes Buddy. And cats. No, we, got cat, we got cats yeah. at the same time, so you know. Hey, um, lay down. 
And he sits there. Come on. You can't talk about comics. You don't read. All right, he's going to sit here and stare at me probably because he wants food, even though he just ate. Yeah, live but, dog action. Live dog wagging yeah. tail action on the podcast yep. this week. Uh, yeah, that, that is a huge dog, actually. Yeah, he's a, he's a big guy. All right, and he's down. Cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. But, but with, uh, with Cyborg, yeah, he had some cool questions, but I thought a lot of the tech stuff was a slog for me because... You know, it's like reading jargon. So some of it was. I can see why you're saying that. It flowed well enough for me. I I like the cut between the 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 sort of the flashbacks throughout the the origin. I like that it kind of made me care about his mother. And I'm like, I didn't even know his mother before this, really. I mean, yeah, that's that was a new wrinkle that I like that they added. Cause so because it, it was always just, oh, his dad's obsessed with work and doesn't ignores him until yeah. the day he's you know injured and he has to save him and. Well, I always kind of liked that it was the inverse of the the dad jock relationship, where you know you got the the jock dad who wants his son to play sports, and mm. the kid just wants to you know play with his chemistry set and be smart. This I always liked that Vic Stone was the inverse, where dad was the super smart guy and Vic just wanted to play football. Which I mean, it makes sense because it's the whole yeah. point. The whole point of that that type of trope is that. Uh, the parent wants the the kid to be like them, and they're not. It doesn't really matter right. which way around the yeah. the things are, you know. So yeah. Um, but I thought adding the mom in there as a wrinkle is like the compassionate. She, you know, even though she was real sick, she always made sure young Victor was well taken care of. So I like that. I like that. It's so good. there's. I, I like that it's going to be exploring the whole man versus machine thing and cyborg, like questioning how much of a man he still is. Like I think that's a good sort of arc to like kick off with. I assume you're going to read issue one because all the issue ones have yeah. been better than re- the rebirths. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't cut anything off unless it's something like dire. You know, yeah. well something that ends up in Connor's corner, where <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm not. This had enough of a concept when we heard about it at WonderCon that piqued my interest. Yeah. So kind of like uh, Christopher Priest on on Deathstroke. I'm not just gonna write it off. I'm, I'll probably give it the first arc, but I mean, if it if it falls off around three or four, I might just wait to read it in trade because it might just read better that way. Hmm. Um. No, I, I thought that was fair. I thought it set up the 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 pitch that he made at WonderCon. I feel like this this mm-hmm. set that up. It also reestablished the origin, and I think you know that's what it needed to do. Um, yeah. And hopefully next week when the the plot's actually rolling a bit more, we can. See what it's going to be yeah. like uh, month to month. And that's what's smart about the the rebirth issues is yeah they're kind of a de facto number one, but they're almost like a prologue to where you don't necessarily need it. So for someone like us who is familiar with the character, it adds that nice little wrinkle of the mom and and man versus machine. But it, it doesn't waste the first yeah. issue covering the origin. Yeah, no, so. that's that's true, and I think most of them have been that. There's only been a, there's been a couple where it's like, no, this is just part one. Like this is this should have just been issue one. You know, Green Arrow and Birds of Prey are the ones that I'm thinking of there mainly. Yep. Um, yep. But that's Cyborg Rebirth issue one. Uh, that'll take us on to Batman issue five, written by Tom King and art by Abbott. Sorry. So it's, it's still you know it's what numbers. I'm going to fix all my numbers right now, folks, because I'm going to keep saying the wrong numbers. That. I'm going to keep saying the wrong numbers. Matt, why don't you start off by telling them what you thought of Batman yeah. issue 6. So this uh, focuses primarily on Gotham Girl 
and her being affected by Psycho Pirate and the death of her brother, which is a double whammy of emotion. Because uh, you you feel even if she wasn't affected by Psycho Pirate, the way that her brother died is pretty tragic, even yeah. by Gotham standards. Yeah, so right, right away she she's like talking to him as if he's there, like and yeah, and not that people talk to people who have died, like that's like a coping mechanism. But this this is like really this is constant. She's constantly in a conversation with them, like she's with him. like Dexter or something, <laughs> like you know. It's... Yeah, well, and it's just and I think as good as Batman's been. I think this has been the standout issue because it really is a standalone. And I think Tom King excels at these standalone contained stories. I think this is the most emotional issue. And I think the emotions played yeah. really well. I think that that could be it too. Yeah. I think, I think well, the art's very good as well. Actually, I want to point out the art by yeah. Evan Reese. I mean, Finch yeah. has been doing well, but I think some of the art here was great. When we get to my favorite panel of the week, uh, at the end of the show, it will be from this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the emotion is Batman's like because there's two exchanges that sort of mirror each other because Batman keeps responding with mm-hmm. I know because Duke's in the back he was like oh you're gonna have to stop her from using her powers or she's gonna die you need to help her he's like I know I know, I know. and I'm I'm saying that as if he's, he sounds like annoyed that he's having to answer it but it, it's not that yeah. it's it's I know like um, yeah and I, I I love the exchange Batman has with Alfred where he's like after my parents died how how did you help me. And Alfred and his catty way that he's been doing all, all this series is like, well, yes. to be fair, Master Bruce, uh, you do go out at night dressed as a bat and beep crowns to a bloody pulp. I don't think I helped you. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. I line. just yeah, I love that out of Alfred too. Is he's a ballbuster, hmm. which is it's kind of the first time we've kind of seen a ballbuster in Alfred. So that's great. And then there's that at the end, they they mirror the I know. Yeah, yeah. At the and I just. The way that it goes through that, and they even set up Monster Man with Hugo Strange. Oh yeah, we'll, like, we'll, like, we'll get to that in a minute with okay. uh, with Waller. But yeah, it's sticking with the Gotham yeah. Girl stuff. I, I like uh-huh. that scene with with Batman because he's like, "All right, I'm taking off the kill. I'm going to say who I am, and I'm going to relate yeah. to her on a, on a human level, right?" Because because up until now, like her and her brother idolized Batman, and it was all yeah. you know Batman this, Batman that, and. Like I like that he's like no the the only way I can fix this is by being Bruce Wayne like I I need to relate to her on the the level of he loss be, you know yeah he he needs to be a human not a yeah. superhero and I like that and that that was really cool it was a really emotional scene I thought it worked really well and it felt very in character for Batman as well to do it um because as much yeah. as he will keep his secret identity I feel like if stuff's going down, like if there's a moment where he thinks the only way I'm going to save people here is to reveal who I am, he'll do it in a heartbeat. I, I don't think for yeah. a second, you know. Um, and before we get to the end, I want to point out the, the fun villains that uh, Gotham yeah. Girl's taken out throughout the issue. I, I mm. love, I love how excited Kite Man is for being Kite Man. He's like, yeah. Kite Man, I'm Kite Man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he's and so out excited. the window. And, yeah. and she even says something about Kite Man, doesn't she? I think so. Like, yeah. There's Kite Man, there's Blimp Man, and then there's... Well, I, I don't know if he's called Blimp Man. The Pirate. But, and there's yeah. the Pirate, yeah. Uh, oh, that Pirate scene. That's another thing that, that was, you know, this guy is had a complete mental break and thinks he's a pirate. And he's basically kidnapped all his adult brothers and dressed them up as Batman and is making them walk the plank of this imaginary pirate ship, which is a 10-story building. Hmm. You know, uh, for being Batman and not telling him, and 
it's just like I'm so used to the Joker brand of nah, this guy knows what he's doing, but he's still like he, I'm trying to find the right word for Joker. Jo- it, th- th- this guy's more mentally ill, whereas the Joker's more yeah. a psychopath, but is a complete control of yeah. There what we he's go. And yeah. so, just to see Batman come up against that and Gotham Girl and how they deal with it, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. So. It was a really good issue. There was a lot of nice... I mentioned the art by Evan Reyes. I thought there was a lot of good um, uh, colouring. Uh, the, the, the moment where she flies away and she realises she's caught in the bat signal, I thought yeah. that was a particularly gorgeous moment. And... Yeah. Uh, just you know, when she's crying later on, and he's hugging her. Like this, the art was really on point. And the shading and the lighting was all very, yep. very uh. good. But yeah, so this all leads to the final part of the book, where Batman goes to Amanda Waller because he's trying to track Psycho Pirate because he realizes the only way to fix uh, Gotham, Gotham Girl, Girl is to get Psycho Pirate to fix whatever he did because he's made her crazy. And Amanda Waller is basically, well. We, we, our intelligence has told us that Hugo Strange, once he was finished with Psycho Pirate, sold him off in exchange for Venom. And you're like, oh, I don't know where this is going. Yes, yes. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, so Bane's got him. And I, I was thinking this arc after Monster Man was going to be an Arkham Asylum, just because it mentioned mm-hmm. the prison, but it didn't mention what prison. But no, we're, no. we're, we're going to uh, Mexico. Santa Prisca. Yeah. Well, the Caribbean. Is that the Caribbean? Santa Prisca. Sorry. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's an island. And uh, and Bane, uh, Psycho Pirates whipped up the the prison. That, that's my lack of uh, Caribbean knowledge, there, folks. Um, that's all right. But no, so so you're going to break in, and then it sets up the whole idea that she's going to make him build his own Suicide Squad for this arc. And it's funny because we know that the Justice League discover the Suicide Squad in the event at the end of the year. Yeah. So I'm wondering if by the end of the arc is how Batman learns about the real Suicide Squad. Yes. Uh, and let me just reiterate that the reason I get so excited about this is not just the Monster Man because it's Batman vs. Kaiju, but this is when I came into comics, the type of stuff DC was doing. Setting, is setting, there's a synergy yeah. between the titles. And, you know, like we see Hugo Strange pop up early, but he doesn't really affect the story. Hmm. And now we find out that he sold off Psycho Pirate to Bane. And then... Batman's going to Amanda Waller, and like we all know, these stories are moving forward, and it's not just for Batman; it's going to be a tie-in to all these other stuff. And I just yeah. I love that connected world. Yeah, I mean, this is totally setting up both. Is because obviously Monster Man's next. The next issue of Batman's the first yeah. issue of the Monster Man crossover, um, and Nightwing also kind of thematically set that up as well. Because yeah, we we, there was there. a monster in this week's issue, which we'll get to when we get to it. But yeah, um, so that that also feels very synergetic. Is that a word? Yeah. Synergetic. Yeah, if it's not, it is now. I mean, <laughs> synergy now. really wasn't a word until the nineties. So there you go. I just if that's not a word, I I, I coin it. I copyright it. Um, yeah. Pay me when you've the, you want to use it, please. Thank and you. And you guys all know how I feel about Batman. So to, to for me to praise this issue. And the direction of the book, it, that's major because I don't try to go in and say that I'm not going to like this, but I'm just like, okay, you know, impress me is my main thing. And Tom King has because uh, we're not getting a Bat God. I was very worried with the first issue with the way he handled the plane crash. We we're going to get Bat God. And it, since that first issue, it's been the complete opposite where it's almost Batman more on a human level. 
than anything. So, but it's okay if once in a while he does something crazy like. Well, once in a while is fine. Yeah. yeah, once in a while is fine, but you don't want it to be every. And I felt like uh, Snyder had had fell into that trap. Mm. You know, so it's just refreshing to see see this level. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's Batman issue six. Very great stuff. Uh, that'll take us on to Superman issue six. Now I read um, Batman first, and Batman was great. Right? Yes. And I yep. was like, "Oh, that might that, that might beat Superman this week." And <laughs> then I read Superman. <laughs> and, Can't uh, touch it. That, it's like that, that did not happen. Well, I would probably say this issue of Batman was better than a couple of the middle issues of the Superman arc. Superman? Definitely. You know, you know, issue three and four, Superman. You know, um, but no issues. This is the end of the arc. This was the end of the Son of Superman arc, which we've mm-hmm. started. So this has been a six-issue thing, and um, so Superman's fighting the Eradicator. He's now got the souls of all of Krypton, at least yeah. all the ones that were inside the Eradicator, are now in him, mm-hmm. help feeling him, helping him fight, and they have a battle on the moon, and it gets picked up by the news because you know big craters and explosions. Although I have. <laughs> We're clearly in a science, yeah. We're clearly in a science fiction world when the news are, are so quick to respond. They've got cameras pointing at the moon, close enough to see anything. But yeah, know. and I took that. Those were the, the the cameras from the ISS from the International Space Station. Yeah, you know. But yeah, that was sure. just my my head cannon. So sure, I can see. Uh, it. But when NASA started saying that they were getting moonquakes, I was just like, okay, this is Superman comic, like. <laughs> Hey, but Everything be, else goes out the window. But to be fair, what else would you call them? We call them on Earth earthquakes. Yeah, but just my knowledge of the the geography of the moon is they don't have active plate tectonics. So like yeah, it's just a rock. Yeah, it, that's fair. Yeah, but if, so if, like if if it starts shaking like that, it is literally the end of times. You know. <laughs> True, but my point being is, if there was seismic activity ever in the moon, that's what you would call it. You'd call it a moonquake. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have no problem with the word yeah. moonquake. The fact that it was a thing, like that yeah, was—that's what I liked. True. It's, it's, it's the same if you were on Mars and there was an earthquake. You wouldn't call it an earthquake. Technically, you call it a Marsquake. So. A Martian quake, probably. Martian quake. You know. Yeah. yeah. You'd probably just start calling them quakes. Let's see if we got, ever got to the point where we're colonized and we're on different planets. We would just use the word quake. We wouldn't specify yeah. what's because. Yeah. Or just whatever word we're gonna use for for ground. So like Terra. Terraquake, yeah, you know something along those lines. Because I remember in the Martian, like we're digressing a little, but like <laughs> since Earth time and Mars time was so different, they were going by Earth time. They call them souls because it's Earth going around, rotating around the sun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, stuff. so I always thought that that type of stuff interests me because that means they put in work thinking about it. So, so I'm pretty sure this is correct. But so I'm assuming that the dirt on Mars is not referred to as Earth; it's referred to as Mars. Am I wrong in saying that? I mean, we could ask Martian Manhunter. <laughs> He'll probably know. It's a good question. I've never thought about it before, but now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, is it technically still Earth because it's still dirt, or is it because it's on a different planet? It's referred to as whatever. Anyway, anyways. So, so Superman's fighting Eradicator, and he probably the big standout moment that comes first—not the standout moment of the issue, but the, the big standout mm. moment in the fight is when he grabs Radicator's mouth and says, no dog left behind, and Crypto basically oh! chest bursts out of the S. Like, On the Eradicator. Like Alien. <laughs> like like yeah. the Alien chest buster. And, and Superman tells him to bite down and don't let go. <laughs> and he rips his, his loyal dog 
out of the Eradicator, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I kind of knew was coming because we know they're going to Dinosaur Island next. But it was still such a fulfilling moment. It was. It was. It was a really big moment. And then Cryptos, once he gets out, like he's, he's he's angry and he turns around. And I don't know how often you really see Crypto use his heat vision, but he let rip here. Yeah. Um, because yep. honestly, the thought of a dog with heat vision is kind of terrifying, if I'm honest. Yeah. Well, because especially <laughs> when you have derps like mine, you know mm. that that are going to use them on the cat. So, <laughs> you know. But yeah. So, and then we get some great moments with Lois and John. Also, as this fight's going on, mm. they're basically, they can't really do anything. And, you know, but John's looking on and like, that's my dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, and that's so great. He's getting excited because he's seen his dad win. And yep. it's when when they realize it's been picked up by the news and all that, Lois says, well, there's no mm-hmm. putting the junior back in the bottle now. And John says, that's okay. Superman's for everyone. And I'm like, oh, yeah. kid gets it. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> also, when it's all said and done, um, still jump forward a little. Batman's ran a like a loss simulator on the damages done to his his moon base. Oh, by the way, I, that, I love Batman. That, yeah. See when Batman uh, like Wonder Woman says, "Oh, the, the damage to the, the moon or whatever, it's, uh, not so bad. Yeah. It can be repaired." But why would you repair the moon anyway? I don't know. But um, yeah. then Batman's like the the moon cave, however. Hmm. He, he sort of grunts, and I'm like, I'm like, oh man, Batman being annoyed that he's he's back cave and the moon's been trashed is well, his hilarious. Secret back cave yeah. on the moon, you know that no one was supposed to know about. But thanks, Clark. Now everybody knows that I had a, a base there, and just also Superman's like, yeah, when I make a mess, I clean it up. It's another shot to yeah uh, the DC cinematic. Oh yeah, another shot to Man of Steel. We'll, we'll turn to that yeah. moment in a minute. I want to jump back to when Superman wins the fight and it cuts to that, the, mm-hmm. the one-page splash of him after he's put the uh, the lunar module back up. Back. Yeah. And the flag, yeah. And the flag, and he stands there with his you know hands in the hips. Mm-hmm. Um, big Superman moment. Uh, classic Superman moment. Yeah. Classic Superman moment. And that's what, this is the point where I, I kind of want to mention the art here. The art in this book was fantastic. Gleason was back on art for this issue. I think I forgot to mention that at the start. but. Uh, and... And I will gladly take like a two, two on one off if the art's going to be this quality throughout. You know, it's not even like the art. Like the, the artist in the last couple of issues were great. It's not even like it, it yeah. dipped. It's just that you could tell Gleason was back. There's just an extra little classic touch to yeah. the the way he draws Superman's smirk. That is mm-hmm. just you know that that bit more special. But yep. yeah, that that was that was really really great. Uh, so, face one. Uh, scene with Lois and John uh, in the house, I want to point out because I really enjoyed, like, John was like oh, is he going to let me put the, the, the cape and the the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the jacket back on? He's like, oh, maybe one day, son but, you know, until you know, you'll, you won't be Superman you'll be you, you'll be John, you won't be Clark Superman and you'll be your yep. own thing but oh. until but until then Superman, Superman and then I like the joke she cracks. She's like, "But until then, you've got Super Mom to take care of you." And then he's like, "Don't yeah. you mean Bat Mom?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, that, was that was a great one. That was a great little. Also, comeback. throughout the Eradicator fight, it was a lot of the Eradicator saying that he needs to cleanse John because he's unclean because mm-hmm. he's a half breed. And just Superman is like, "Well, no, that's my son. That's my legacy. That's the future." And there's a lot that was being played to that. That Superman. You know, is in a fight, not just... It's not just the Kryptonian heritage he's fighting for. 
it's also his Earth heritage. Yeah, it's mine. Which I think that goes. Yeah, so I I love that, and so when we do get that moment after the one you just brought up of uh, Clark coming to him and giving him his glasses, glasses. yeah, so yeah. he can blend in at school, and, and even John's kind of like. What's up? I was gonna say it's it's not, the the moment I love even more than him getting the glasses, which is really great and really sweet. But it's mm-hmm. the moment after when Clark says, "You know, the best part about wearing the glasses is that what happens when you take them off." Like that's what. It, yeah. I was just gonna get to that. Is he gives him a speech about the glasses, and John's like, "Well, really, glasses? Like people fall for this?" And that's when Clark's like, "Well, it's not about the glasses. It's about what happens when you take them off." Yeah. And yeah. So uh, so good. <laughs> Also, that, that so means that either in the next issues of Superman or maybe in Super Sons down the line, we're, we're going to get John ripping the shirt open for the, the S because he's yep. going to be in disguise. So we're, we're getting to mm-hmm. that stage, which is cool. Uh, yep. Maybe that'll be part of Super Sons, actually. Maybe we'll get a little bit of the, the school life of both Damien and... Yeah, because it is, like, as much as I love the dynamic, I do want to see some stories of just Superman and not Superman with his, his son tagging along, too. Yeah. So, sure. yeah, but... If not here, you'll, probably, you'll get it in action. So yeah, you know. exactly. It's it's a big world, and then we also at the end, uh, Clark decides to introduce John, which yeah. he should have done from the beginning. He admits, well, yeah, that that that's, that's comes back to the moment we were talking about with uh, Batman and Wonder yep. Woman, and Batman's like, yep. hmm, my cave, blah, blah, blah. and uh, he comes in, he's like, okay, we're going to repair it, and he's like, we, he's like, I want you to meet Superboy, and it's the last page. He stands there all proud, get the the new Superboy logo, I guess, and when he says yeah. it, like, like every time it says this is a job for Superman, you get the Superman logo yeah. instead of just saying Superman. Yep. It was like you know the Superboy, whatever the new Superboy, Superboy logo was. Um, yep. And what I want to put out in this last page as well that I really like is that Wonder Woman is smiling because she's met him already. That's yep. a good point. This is set after Action Comics' his first arc. Yep. So she's met him already, and she's smiling because yep. oh, it's John. And Batman's got this grill on his face. He's like. This kid can beat me up. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, this is a bit of a bitter pill because I, I love John as a character, hmm. but I also really love Connor Kent. And just anyone else to me is not Superboy. Do you know? Like, I've not read John's Teen Titans, so I don't have yeah. the same attachment to Connor Kent. So I, I am actually kind of cool with this because I know John way better than I do Connor. At this yeah. point. So, so they're just they're both great characters. Um and I'm I'm happy for John to be the new Superboy, but it is it's a bit of a bitter pill. Maybe take my medicine. Maybe when whenever Rebirth plays out and maybe we get more pre like New Fifty Two stuff coming back. Yeah. Maybe well, maybe Connor can become super teen or <laughs> super whatever. I mean he can get a whole new name. As long as yeah. we get Connor Kent back you know, that's fine. He doesn't have to be Superboy. Because some of my favorite moments of him were as Connor Kent mm. versus Superboy. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, with the timey-wimey stuff with the Legion still in play and whatnot. Like, if they even want to send him to the future to be, you know, Superman's emissary there. Like, What, what if uh, he took the mantle of uh, Flamebird? Yeah. I'm just, just throwing an idea. Me? I'm just thinking of a Krypton hero name that he could use. And Nightwing's, really, I would, Nightwing's yeah. taken, of course. Yeah. So. But see, also with with Tim, from what we know from Detective, his days could be numbered. You know. <laughs> I like. Look, look, 
Tinian at a, a con in the past week or so, when he was asked yeah. about all these Tim Drake rumours, he mm-hmm. all he said was, trust me. Yeah. So. Oh, and I am. But I'm just saying, if, if we're not going to get one, we're not going to get both, they can kind of hang out in limbo together. <laughs> I'm okay with that because they are best buds. And Cassie's there. So, you know, who knows with all the rest of that era Titans. But yeah, Superman number six. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Superman issue six, fantastic. Uh, possibly the best issue of the book so far. I'm, I'm torn. I, it's between that and issue one, and I'm not sure which one I like more. But they're both fantastic. Yeah. Well, so. this, this might have been my favorite book since the Rebirth relaunch. Well, uh, no spoilers there for what Matt's number one of the week's going to be. Yeah, try not to spoil, but it, it is. It's just everything that, from that. Hey, that that said though, you have literally picked Superman every single week. There's been a Superman issue, so um, yeah. I guess it's not so that surprising. But uh, that'll take us on uh, to Justice League issue four, written by Brian Hitch, art by Jesus Marino, um, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunately was probably the weakest issue of Justice League. Yeah. Yet, which is kind of a shame because it's not like it started at a super high bar either so did you get that it was multiple forces early on or was that new to you with this no i i got that the the the, all the flying things and then the big giant men were different different entities i got that because i so i i didn't pick up on that so reading this i was like okay well so there's like a war on three fronts going on here because you got the those Things Superman's dealing with. You got the the kindred. razor bat things. Yeah, the kin- I think they're called the kindred, the flying ones. Like, yeah, and whatnot. And then these four giant beings who are made of people who, and they represent things. And Wonder Woman's stuck in one. The Flash ends up getting stuck in one by the end of the issue. Um, kind of. Yeah. Because he's out of it by the time the issue ends. Yeah. Um, oh. Also going on, Superman pushes one of those like earthquake emitters or whatever they are into the core of the earth to destroy it it just about kills him and then he's like oh crap there's another two or three that they're gonna deal with what if yeah what if one of them is gonna go off and it has nothing to do with the other ones yeah, how do i know um, meanwhile batman's still with lois and john and they're trying to analyze the the kindred stuff cyborg tries to hack into them because they've got like a signal and he ends up like having like a spasm attack and he's like on the floor and he's in pain yeah. and the cliffhanger at the end of the issue and I feel, it feels like I'm rushing through this is because there's not really a whole lot that happens there's just all these quick points and all of it just feels like it kind of mushes together um, Yeah. and it ends with the reveal that because the Green Lanterns of course in the last issue went out to space to try and detect the source of the kindred and yeah. at the end of the issue they find a planet full of what looks like uh, cyborg people like as in they, they all look like cyborg in terms of the yeah. outfits so, because they said that the signal was something familiar, that's how Cyborg was able to break it, hmm. and then that's what causes that. And then also, Aquaman, those Zodiac crystals, are the apparently the key to defeating this. Yeah, so yeah, that was. So he slums off. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It's kind of a mess. I'm kind of over Hitch's Justice League at this point. You know. Hmm. I'm. I mean, I'm not going. I'm. I don't think it's bad enough to stop reading. Like, I'm. I'm fine to keep reading it, but it's definitely, like, one of the weakest things from DC that I'm reading still. Yeah. You know. So and and I, I understand it's a holdover until Justice League of America kicks off, and that might be the flagship. But I just the story just seems too out there for me. 
The, pro- you know? the problem for me isn't that it's out there. The problem for me is that it's just... I mean, it is out there, don't get me wrong, but it's just... It feels like a generic out there story, you know? Feel It feels like yeah. there's just a reason for them all to be in trouble and fight things. And Well, yeah, and each one's playing their part, and, you know, that's all fine. But again, like, why throw us into the deep end with the first arc? We, I, I much rather would have built to this, you know? Like, yeah. Superman finding out about these core things some way and, and the Zodiac crystals and, and stuff. Through, throughout, by like the third arc, we can get these big giant creatures they, showing up. Yeah, they, they should have built to it. Even if it's not the third arc, even if it, the arc was just paced differently, where it was like a slow mystery yeah. at first, where they were discovering these things. But it felt yeah. it, it's felt like they've just constantly been fighting all split up for like the yeah. entire book, for the most part. And it's really been kind of... It's starting to be a bit of a slog the further we get into it. And the fact yeah. is, I'm actually more looking forward to the two-issue... Uh, the two-parter that's coming after this, where it's about Jessica asking out Barry in a date. I'm like, that sounds like fun. Yep, definitely. Because it sounds character-based. Um, so is Hitch writing those two? Yeah, it's still Hitch, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe he's better at interpersonal than he is at big, huge sci-fi, because I've never really have ever written or written read anything he's written. I've only seen his art, mm. so... He does art, right? Or am I confusing him with someone else? Oh no, he, he did. He did the. Uh, I think he did the rebirth issue, but he, he used to do art okay. and writing on the the previous okay. Justice League of America book that he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've, I'm not that familiar with his writing, but I yeah. Just... Good luck keeping up with double shipping, though, if you're writing and drawing art. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, Justice League. Not not a whole lot to say, honestly. It was just kind of few plot points, bit of a slog. Not terrible, <laughs> but not really good either. So. Um, nope. But anyway, that'll take us on to Nightwing issue four, uh, written by Tim Seeley and art by Xavier Fernandez. This is actually the end of the first arc. I mean, it feels like it bleeds into the next arc, but it, it is definitely the end of the first one because it says at the end that after Monster Men, we're getting Rise of Raptor part one. So, oh, so excited for that. But uh, yeah, so this basically the plot of this issue was that Nightwing and Raptor go to I can't remember what they call the place, uh, but Parliament of Owls. It's the the Grove. The Grove, um, there you go, thank you. Because uh, it reminds me, I've been listening to a lot of strange podcasts and they've been talking about, uh, it's this weird conspiracy grove. And it seemed like Celia had pulled from this conspiracy stuff. So because of course the conspiracy, or conspiracy, Parliament of Owls would use a place like that. Mm. So Bohemian Grove, that's what I've been listening about. Um, but yeah. So the issue is about Nightwing and Raptor being invited to this place, and they they know the uh, the book they're looking for with all the all the the mm. the dirt on the on the Parliament of Owls is in here yeah. because they've, they've tracked it. They, you know the guy from the last issue gave them the location, and yep. um, while they're there, they see all the people who were like being like kidnapped in, in the ship from like issue two, I think it was, and they're all there. Yep. And the the Court of Owls member is like, yeah, yeah, they're going to be sacrificed in the morning. This is the the big event. We're all here to celebrate and. You know, sacrifice to the the gods or whatever, and um, Nightwing's basically like, okay, look, I let this go when they're in the ship because it would blow the the plan, you know, initially too. But yeah. now it's time to save these people, and this is, you know, he calls it Raptor's test because Raptor now yep. needs to be a hero, and Raptor, you know, immediately immediately says, yeah, this is time. This is this is yeah. the time to do this. He he can't even look the other way. Yeah. At this. Uh. So. But a couple of the uh, owls cat see them doing it, and they go back to the the boss guy whose name I can't remember. But he he, yeah. he 
kills the two old members because he doesn't want anyone to know that this has happened on his watch. And he morphs into a monster because he's he's been promoted, as he says, to God. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and it's an owl-type monster at first. Yeah. Just running through the labyrinth. And I was like, well done, Seeley. Yeah, like, so that owl monster chasing after our two heroes in a lab- yeah. labyrinth. Um, it's also nicely... T- thematically kind of teases the monster men coming next especially yep. since uh, raptor also points out that this is uh, a cobra thing like that, that this stuff that they've used to turn them into a monster is a cobra thing which comes back at the and end of the issue of course but yeah because he it shows that he's familiar with cobra when they how they defeat him is uh the the owl monster is whatever he used to transform it interacts with different dna mm. and uh he had shark attractant which was i took as basically his chum um, and and mix that in with a guy, and the guy starts starting to half owl, half fish monster mm. that can't quite keep up. And although he does take a piece of raptor with him, he does. Uh, raptor, raptor gets injured, out. yeah. Yeah. And uh, they they go get they get the book, and then Nightwing realizes that Raptor's injured, so he starts to work on him because Raptor's mm. got some like spare blood in these like gauntlets and stuff yep. that he can use to like uh, patch him up a bit. And yep. this is when Nightwing reveals that he knew all along that Raptor was a circus person. Because the, cause yep. of the way he spoke and the way he acted when they first met, he could just tell immediately that he was in the circus. Uh, which yep. is key because there's another reveal, reveal coming up. So they've already saved everyone. They've ran for the exits. They're running from the monster. They, they know they're at the exit, which happens to be a door that leads out to the middle of a cliff. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not a villain lair without one of those doors. Exactly. Of course it's not. Yeah. And... Uh, Raptor's like uh, Nightwing's basically saying that oh there's still so much we could do uh, and Raptor's like no take this to the authorities this will be enough to like, take care of the owls and yeah. when Nightwing protests and says no we could do so much more Raptor says uh, oh you've still got itchy feet your mother was right about you and then kicks him out of the door and of course Nightwing's like wait you knew my mother? Yeah. what? as he's falling and uh, yeah. so that's that's that, and we don't see what happens to Raptor, but obviously we see him at the end, and we see that he's got yeah. out, and he's he's uh maybe he's still flipping that side of the line, but he's still you know he's flipping back and forth like oh we can trust him, he's a, he's kind of a hero, he's not he is, because the end of the book of course he uh, he's giving like a backdoor access to the, all the names of the owls to Cobra, Cobra because Cobra's yeah. pissed that they stole from them. Yep, and, and, uh, and Nightwing turns around and takes the info to Spiral, and we get to see Tiger again, or as Nightwing mm. calls him, Tony, from Grayson. So that was a nice little nod. Yeah. Uh, so, so the authorities, just, so the authorities are deal, dealing with the owls, and but Cobra is also getting the name, so they're probably going to try and like intercept and yeah. dish out their yeah. own revenge as well. Um, but obviously, I've seen it takes place just before that. Uh, is the scene with Dick going back to the Batcave and he runs out of Damien mm-hmm. and he talks to Batman and Batman brings up concerns because he's spoken to Barbara and he has the same concerns that Barbara did about Dick sort of like oh. walking the line and I really like this conversation because it's like Dick sort of like pointing out maybe why in part he's different to Bruce because mm-hmm. he brings up that Bruce like Bruce is so terrified of crossing the line or even dancing on the line that he thinks he can never come back but yep. Nightwing doesn't feel that way. Nightwing feels that he can dance in that line. And I, I thought that was a nice touch of like his circus yep. background. Even though he wasn't a tightrope walker, sure. per se, it's kind yeah. of that It's kind of that metaphor. Like He yeah. can go on the line and make it safely and make it back. Exactly. He's you know? used to working without a net. 
Yeah. Whereas Batman needs exactly. that net. And so I thought that was well done. Yeah, yeah. another what, great issue too. Which is great because it, it's not even like a fault of Batman because Batman always mm-hmm. makes sure he has the net. That's part of who Batman is, is he plans to make mm-hmm. sure the net's always there. Even if it's not there, by the time he falls, the net will be there. Exactly, yeah. Like no Batman's always got a way out, whereas Dick yep. is willing to jump without knowing he can make it. And yep. it's those differences. But I also like at the end of that scene that he does thank Batman. He says, you're the reason for that. <laughs> like if you weren't yep. there to look after me after what happened. Well, he's... You know. and, and this is the the spirit take the spirit which is intended he is Batman 2.0 that's what I've always loved about Dick Grayson is whereas Bruce walls himself up behind everything uh, Dick Grayson's always been at the center of the DCU and whether I, it was in Titans as Robin yeah. you know with the outsiders which so. I think thematically ties very nicely to this week's issue of Batman because if you look at, back at Batman Batman mm-hmm. Like, that whole thing where he's like, Alfred, how did you help me after my parents died when he's trying to deal with yep. Gotham Girl? And it kind of... This is like almost like evidence that he's already done that for someone else. Like, Batman, in doing what he did for Dick, having already went through this, made Dick yep. a better... Well, not better, but... A less damaged individual because he had yep. that experience to deal with it. And like... Yeah. take him through it having already gone through it it's already like this example of this happening and the other person coming out better than Batman did and I yeah, like that I, I like that, that evolution and that's the title of the story better than Batman there you go yeah. and it, it kind of all and, comes back around yeah. yeah and then you could even see from his time he spent with Damien that he's turned Damien from this little psycho into someone that likes loves playing cheese viking <laughs> you know like he's allowed to be a kid yeah you know, so he's passing it on towards the next generation, and it's again we talked about that synergy through the books, and so for me, what comics should feel like. Yeah, I, I don't even. I only thought of that thematic connection between that issue of Batman and this as I was talking there, yeah. but it, it's actually kind of great. Yeah. It's amazing that it didn't nope. link up like that. And my nope. screen just moved because my cat just decided to jump against it. There we go. Right, back, back uh, we go. What a jerk cat. Well, no, no, see, Firefly was on the run from Garrus, who was uh, trying to attack him, so it was more a desperation move up. Yeah, than, yeah. than you it can't, was. You can't get up here. Yeah. So, but, yeah. And Garrus is now eyeing him up like, yeah, I'm kind of up there, don't you worry. Uh, so, of course, the, <laughs> the cliffhanger at the end is that, uh, again, playing with the idea of we don't know what Raptor's real intentions are, uh, Raptor says to Cobra, don't worry about Dick Racing, he's wrapped around my finger. And it's yep. like, oh dear. But yeah, so that uh, leads us nicely into Monster Men, which both Batman and Nightwing are going to be about in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. And then we have um, Rise of Raptor as the next arc starting afterwards. So yep. that's Nightwing. Yeah. yeah. Great, great, so great yeah, Nightwing. Rise of Raptor. Yeah. We have Batman going to Santa Prisco with his own Suicide Squad. Like, this is probably the most I've loved the Batman section of DC in a good long while. Mm. Yeah, no, so. it's, it's on point. Plus, whatever's going on in Detective, yeah, because that, that still needs a cap off. Yeah, and then and then Batgirl's still having a great first arc. Yeah, it's all it's all, it's all coming up bats right now. Uh, yeah. Even Lois Lane's uh, <laughs> being coming up bats. <laughs> coming up bats. All right, so that'll take us on to so, so swinging over to the uh, the super side of the family. Supergirl issue one, written by Steve Orlando and art by Brian Ching, and of course we like the Rebirth issue a lot. But as typical yep. with the Rebirth books, the issue ones have been better, and I think that stands here as well. I think 
Sure, don't get me wrong. Yeah. There was no Kryptonite Werewolf. I'll, I'll concede that. No. And that's but. fine. I just my main problem is with the art. I'm not a big fan, and it's not bad. It's just not my taste of the art. Oh, really? Because I really like the art. That's just interesting. Yeah, it looks really good in, in places, but I think sometimes it looks very cartoony. I think it uh, is, but it's the type of cartoony I can get behind. Like, I'm not a fan of the uh, like the Scott Pilgrim sort of cartoony style. Yeah, that that, that does that right. does nothing for me. But this style I really like because this feels like a really fun, like edgy style where it's. Like, it feels very, like... It feels like it has that teenage energy that it should have because of who Supergirl is right now. Yeah, I get that. And see, I see, I get that out of New Superman, out of the art style there. Yeah, I get you also know? good but different in its own thing, yeah. Yeah, and so that's just it. And it's not a major thing. Like, I'm not going to stop reading because like, the art. It was just... Certain... Certain motions uh, Ching was doing uh, with the characters, I just... I thought they looked weird. And the way the eyes are, I just—I don't know. I you see. Know. I love how I—I I love when anyone makes a face in this book. So even every time Kara like skills, I that, love it. That's the good part. <laughs> but like the excitement stuff, I think was a little off. So, but uh, again, it's just a personal thing. Yeah. It's nothing that's gonna make me not yeah. read it because the story in it I really love because it's uh it's a side that I've never thought of Supergirl. Yeah, you know? it's dealing with her whole, like, you know, being a teenager on Earth when she remembers Krypton and how she was, like, a great student on Krypton, but here because she's still yeah. trying to learn how everything works and, you know, she doesn't have the same, like, scientific tools and things like that, so everything feels really different. Well, and Krypton was so advanced that it makes our stuff now seem Stone Age to her. Yeah, yeah. And she can't comprehend it. Like, there's a scene with her with an overhead projector and she doesn't understand it because... You know, on Krypton, that was a holographic projector, and you could inter- like interface with it. Yeah, you could just and either talk to it or wave your hand at it, and it would do it. Yeah. yeah, and here she's like, I don't know what to do, and everyone looks at her like, oh, look at the weird girl. But the funny thing is, you can understand this. It's like a kid from today been asked to uh, uh, yeah. like use a VHS or something. Maybe that's a bad example, because play and stop <laughs> is still the same function. But you know what I mean? Like It's that kind of thing. I know what you mean. You know, like, no, like, yeah, it, it, it would be like asking a kid from today who's never seen a vinyl to put a record on and then being like, well, what do you mean I put a needle here? Like, yeah, like, how does this... Where's the sound coming from? Where's the... Where's the display? <laughs> yeah. How do I know what song I'm going to find? Yeah. yeah. How do I Definitely. shuffle? But I... <laughs> yeah, I like that aspect. And the other aspect I really liked too was her being a teenager and not as trusted as Superman... She just can't go willy-nilly to handle things. Oh, yeah, because uh, Director Chase is like, oh, this Chase. was unauthorized, yeah, when you went yeah. to this train. I mean, you, intentions were great. Sure, you had people in yeah. trouble, but, you know, you're not Superman. You have to, like, run this by us. And Cat even admonishes her for it and doesn't even really know her yet. Which, again, is one, one of the things we talked about the last issue, the Rebirth issue, was that mm-hmm. Orlando's taken a lot from the show. And yeah. I'm not complaining because I think the show is very good and a good, ver- a really mm-hmm. good version of Supergirl. And I like that some of the stuff they're bringing in here is stuff that the, the show also explored. This whole thing of her like going half cocked and like not being prepared is something the show has dealt with. And it's like part of yeah. like, Supergirl's character and part of how she's always been like a the angrier version of Superman. Not a not yeah. a, a bad person, just like she has a temper. She she can. Oh yeah, she's angsty. You know, like yeah. yeah. 
and all, and partly because she also has lost her world and she remi- unlike Clark because Clark I mean in a weird way like he's a he's a baby yeah he doesn't remember like, anything it's not like no you know it's like yeah you lost your entire planet he's, but you don't know it you know yeah he's a first generation immigrant like for all intents and purposes he's mm. yes he's Kryptonian but he's of Earth in America where she's one of those immigrants that knows the old country. You know, and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, I kind of liked it over there, but I can't go back. Yeah, yeah know, except so what here, do I do? Except here it's more like she moved from a first world country to a third world country because of technology. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And so, but definitely, and this character, I can't remember his name, um, but is who's like, uh, what's the word I'm going to look for? He's magnetized towards her because she's so odd. He goes to that school. Oh yeah, it's still a kid. Yeah, I don't even know if they learn his name. Yeah. Like he's just he's doing okay. talk to someone else. Yeah. Yeah, but they're talking about her, and a lot of it's kind of mean. But he's like, I'm fascinated by her. Like, she just doesn't make sense, and I need to get to the bottom of that. So just like they're building the the core characters up, and yeah. I'm glad that they didn't just eat the show because I like that. I like when stuff's similar but distinct. Yeah, yeah, and look, that works. With the Flash as well. Look, they've got they've got Cat Grant being kind of like Cat Grant from the show, and like yeah. you know, raiding her hard and all that stuff. And I, I hope they they build that relationship because it's one of the, yeah. the the fun parts of the show. Um, but again, it has its own things. Like you know, in Supergirl in the show, we don't have her being a teenager and learning to drive, and you know, oh. all of these oh. other elements and um, that's stuff like too. that. Oh, I mean, she puts her foot, to drive. her foot through the bottom yeah. of the car. Yeah, that's great. Turns into a Flintstones car. Because she's so excited. I remember, because you don't have a driver's license. I don't think you've ever driven. No. But I remember learning and being so frustrated and and doing that because parallel parking sucks. Yeah, but I'm like, at, it still sucks, and I've been driving for years. But imagine how much more frustrated it would be if you like, but I can just fly. Just let me fly. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I don't need to do this. So, so yeah, they're, they're getting all the teenage stuff to a T yeah and I think but, all that stuff's a lot of fun I'm liking the, how they're building the like the parents the surrogate parents you know Jeremiah uh, and that and they're like, like trying to like dress up the, the house like crypto, a Kryptonian house and she's like <laughs> well this is great and all but this is like Krypton from like 300 years ago <laughs> yeah. well also uh, Jeremiah learning uh, Kryptonese oh, I, and yeah. saying the wrong words and that, that just cracks me up like yeah. it's mostly there but the words that he's using also, instead. Also, I am so. delighted that in the comic they actually said Kryptonian because I vastly prefer that word to Kryptonese. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying I need it to to go to be distinct enough, mm. you know? Because when I say it's, he said it in Kryptonian, it, I don't know. But Kryptonese sounds like a language. Yeah. Well, you know, Kryptonlish. <laughs> like Kryptonlish. Yeah. Kryptonlish. Yeah. 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 But. Um. But no, all that stuff's great, and him getting the words wrong. It was, there was a lot of fun stuff, and I like that she gets frustrated and she flies off to the fortress, and we, we get this side. My only criticism of this, like, she gets, there's a quick flashback to, like, Superman, like, telling her about the fortress, and it's New 52 yeah. Superman, because it makes sense that, that happened during that time. But she's already got the long hair and the, the new outfit and the flashback. I thought that was a bit weird. I feel like that was maybe just a mistake. Yeah, like they, that they, was an, probably an art error, and they're just like, oh, we'll leave it. Yeah. Like, she like, should have been wearing the one piece with the... Marvel cape, yeah. you know, or Shazam yeah. cape. So, so. That, that, that's that's fine and well. Uh, but I like that she goes there because this is the closest thing she can get to Krypton. But of course, waiting for her there 
is Cyborg Superman, who full on knows that he is her father. Yep. And well, and we get these little teases about Zor-El in Argo City. Oh yeah, throughout get, the issue. Yeah, we get these flashbacks throughout of her with yeah. her father um, uh-huh. on Argo. Yeah. So. Which is good because it teases that relationship and it makes it relevant. It gives it context. So yeah, so it definitely it left off on a nice place, and we always talk about which ones we wish were uh, double shippers or yeah. bi-monthly. This one definitely, I would not mind more Supergirl. Oh, absolutely, um, and we're getting a, a out of continuity mini that looks great as well soon. So we will get two two issues of Supergirl a month, you know, in a way for a while. I, I, I said this a couple times in our short podcast span, but. I always used to complain how much more Batman books there were than Superman. And now there's so and many now super books. They, now they're just like, here, read this. Here, I'm like, okay. You know, and I'm just, I'm grateful that I have them all. So yeah. It helps that they're all good. Like, yes. like, action comics, I still really enjoy and is probably easily the weakest Superman or super related book. It's, it's up there for me for with New Superman. They're down towards the bottom of a list of just superman books yeah of a really great not, pile though you know like yes yeah, yeah that's the whole point like i don't want it to be like they're lesser than but yeah. it, if i had to choose which ones i'm reading first they're towards the bottom compared to these other ones so yeah uh, another reason i like this we mentioned we talked about the art at the start of the uh, the review of this book but i just wanted to mention the coloring a little just quickly before we yeah. leave off because um there's not a whole lot to say except that it's again it's really vibrant it works with the art really well because it, it keeps that that fun, vibrant there's, style going. Yeah, there's like a sketch style to it almost. Yeah, um, yeah. and I really like that. I think I think Superman books should be vibrant, which is why almost after a while you stop mentioning it because it, it just looks the way it should almost. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that yeah, you can never, you it, can never do a different stylist like a Superman book, but for the most part, right now they're mostly going with these vibrant colors, and that that's right. And then with Batman, you have the your, your darkers darker. and your you know, which you should. I yeah, mean, yeah, when the characters when the characters both came online came online were created uh you joked that, on, matt you joked that i'm a robot yeah. you just said when the characters came online it's been a long day right okay. uh but when they were both created it was almost thought that they were heroes uh, of the same city during different times of the day where mm-hmm. batman handled the night superman was in the day uh and then a couple years later they were distinctly metropolis and gotham city yeah so but yeah, so they, they should work as that, you know, um, binary. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say, you can have different colour and styles, because I actually, I saw, I think it was a commission piece I saw this week from Fiona Staples. Uh, she did a Green Lantern piece, and it was, I think it's from 2010, so it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a new thing. I, I just seen it for the first time this past week. Yeah. But the colours were all, like, it's her, like, her style of uh, art, but the colours were all kind of like this nice muted green, and it looks so different from what Green Lanterns look like in comics for the last, like, ten years. I was like, with oh, that, man. With the bright, uh, yeah. vibrant green. Where, yeah, yeah. Whereas this played with the darks and made it more, yeah. like, more of a contrast. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I really wish we could get a Green Lantern looking like this for a while. Because this is... Really it reminded cool. me of Darwin Cook's, how, Dar- how New Frontier was coloured. Hmm, with that. Yeah. You know, that was a little bit lighter, but this had that aspect to it. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be so down for like a Superman or Supergirl that's, that's watercolored. That could be amazing. But I just, you know, but no. this, this vibrant stuff is really great right now. And it's, yeah. it feels really consistent between Superman and Supergirl. I think these books look very similar in terms of the uh, the colors. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, so that's Supergirl, which we have raved about for uh, all enough. Uh, 
Next up, Green Arrow, issue 6, by Benjamin Percy and Stephen Byrne. Is that how you say that yeah. name? Yeah, Byrne, okay. Yep, just like John Byrne. Okay, so, uh, Stephen Byrne on the art. Um, by the way, again, art, like, this is the third artist on this book, and it's the third it's one that's been like, fair. it's like, this is great. How is this still great? Yeah. And do you know what I think funny yeah. as well? I feel like his style is exactly in between the other two artists. It felt like it, it's... a cross between them. For an Imico, uh focused story, it's distinct enough, but it feels familiar enough. Yeah. Because like yeah. you just said, it is like a combo of Schmidt and who's the other guy? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but uh, Jean Furrier. Yeah, there you go. So I really like this issue. I didn't think I was going to. I thought I'd heard some negative buzz through the Mild Fuzz group, hmm. and uh, it it scratched that My- itch. My opinion on it's actually changed a little bit since I first read it. Um, okay. Because when I first read it, I wasn't super hot on it. But as I do every week, I always skim through the books again before the podcast, yeah. just to refresh my memory and make sure everything's okay. there. And when I read it the second time, it clicked a lot more for me. And I think it was maybe just because I knew what I was going into. I think the first time I read it, I was like, oh, so we're not picking up that cliffhanger with Ollie on the, the island. Yeah. We're, we're saving that for presumably the next arc, because it feels like this is going to continue yeah. for at least a few issues. Yep. And uh, so we follow Emmy, who, mm-hmm. and we get two stories. We get, I think we go starting to Ultron, Matt, just to fix that while I'm talking. Yeah. Um, so we get Emmy in present day, who's with Shadow, and Shadow's like, oh, we, we must atone and we belong to these people. We've got a debt to pay because my father was in the Accusa and yeah. our honours to, you know, like Do live that debt. Say. Yeah, like yeah. live out that debt, basically. And uh, Emmy's like, nah. Sod that. And she goes to like this fighting ring, presumably in Japan. I can't remember if it says it's Japan, yeah. but I assume it was. Yeah, she's she's in Japan because they're supposed yeah. to be meeting with the their handler that owns for all intents and purposes Shadow. Yeah. And so she she goes there, she has a fight, she beats the opponent and this this Yakuza boss that owns them, as it were. Uh, like says he's going to see her, and that's the present day plot. That's really all that happens in present day. Most of the plot, I think, most of the book. Well, is she actually... is, she enters that to to basically she's trying to throw off her mom's plans, whatever those are. Oh yeah, yeah. she's she's throwing a wrench into them, and specifically goes and looks out for this fight club and just wrecks that dude with her arrows. Yeah. She she yeah she she's going to try and like get rid of this debt like, deal with the Yakuza boss and that, that seems to be where the art's yeah. going and I think it's great that she's getting some focus because it builds her up yep. um, the the past story is that well there's, there's a fun little bit where she uh, she has to fix the door <laughs> her and Ollie are like bickering but she, oh, quickly... she slammed the door and he took the door which that's right yeah, my, yeah she, they took the door with my my neighbour did that to his daughter it's like if you can't respect it you don't deserve it and takes the door, and I just for parenting, I, I don't think it gets much better than that. Yeah, yeah, he says uh, you can get it back when you wash all the windows because she's refusing to do anything. Yeah, um, which you know, good fun, but um, so but the main plot is though is she he tells her to go and like interact and like have some normal kid life, and she yeah. instead she uses that time to infiltrate a group that she thinks might be dodgy. Because they they're all acting weird and they all have these watches, yeah. uh, and she goes to investigate. She goes to a store called the Clock King. Now I'm presuming that it's not the Clock King because we've seen him in Deathstroke. 
Yeah, but I remember this Clock King, this version, hmm. showing up in Lemire's run. Oh, really? Okay, right. Well, maybe those. Maybe some man told it more. More people. Yeah, and that's fine. We were we're in a place where there's like three flashes and whatever, so it's cool because they're so distinct. Whereas the Lemire Clock King was a like a, a gangster criminal guy that was so efficient he could set a clock to his stuff. You know, so. Yeah. So basically, she she gets one of these watches to try and see what it does, and basically it like they they describe it as slowing down time, but what it's really doing is like just it, it's dealing with your heart rate and your pulse and all that. She's keep, essentially doing meth by osmosis. Yeah, and and it's just keeping them calm. But the yep. trick is is that it, the 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 watch winds down, and he wants you to come and pay to get it wound back up again. Yep. So so you have to keep going back for your fix. Thinking about it, it's actually a really big metaphor for drugs. <laughs> it really well, is. In a Green Arrow book. Like, uh, yeah. So it's, it's playing uh, up the legacy there too. That makes sense. Um, and so she she has this issue where this is a problem, and then it reveals something weird. I wasn't sure what this reveal was until I really stopped and thought about it. But you see Ollie's also wearing one of these watches in this flashback. Oh, snap. I didn't even think... I didn't even see that. It's when they're hugging. Like, it's on his arm. That has to be his arm that's around her head. Oh, my God. What if they flip it and he's the junkie and she breaks it? Um, and she's like, my mentor's a junkie. Like the I'm, sure that's, I'm sure that's what's on that page. And I read it twice because it was the second time I really stopped because I didn't really get it the first time. And I'm like... Oh, I'm going to... So when we're done here, I'm going to flip through that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it reveals that he's also got one of these things. And it makes sense that he could afford that because he's, you know, he's rich at this point. It's a flashback. He's still yeah. got all his money. So. God, so he's a werewolf and now he's an <laughs> osmosis meth user? Good good lord, Percy, you're doing some cool things. Um, well, so... not that meth's cool, everybody. I just meant, like, the <laughs> green arrow that's, you know what I mean? It, he's doing interesting stories, is what you're Thank saying. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, yes. Um, but obviously it seems like both the flashback story and the present day story are both going to go forward for this arc, which yep. is why I think we won't get to Ollie on the island until the next arc. I don't know how long this arc is, maybe it's only three issues, maybe it's four, maybe it's a full six, I don't know, but uh, it was better the second time I read it. I, I was more into it the second time because I, I kind of got what was going on a bit, a bit more. I, th- I think yeah. the first time I read it, I was waiting for it to... Well, you were waiting for Ollie to yeah, show up kind of, yeah. and what happened with the burning. Um... So, but no, I, I liked it. It was a fun little jaunt. And if this is where we're going to be for, you know, four or five issues, it's cool by me. Yeah, it's, it's fine as well. I, I probably would still say, at least just now, maybe the arc will really impress me as we go. But right now I'd say this is probably my least favorite of the book, just because I really like that first arc as a whole. Hmm. But, I mean, okay. it's, there's not much in it. Like, it's still like, yeah. it looked great. Um, Again, it's got... I, Again, with the great art, we've got great colours. I thought they did a good job of making everything with Emmy in Japan and all that stuff look very different to the the Seattle stuff with Ollie. You know, like yeah. with Ollie, it was the greens and the you know the, the muted oranges and stuff. But when it was in Japan, it was all dark, you know, neon, and red. Yeah, red. Yeah. A lot of red. Yeah. So no, uh, so good stuff. Uh, that's Green Arrow issue six, and that'll take us on to our last book of the week because there's no corners corner i do apologize he's uh out out ill but we do have aquaman issue six written by dan abnett and art by brad walker so this you did you read it matt first of all yes i did i was (laughs) gonna try to make you think that i didn't but Uh, i forgot again i thought i'd ask um yeah 
Now, I was a little bit down on the last couple of issues of Aquaman. I felt like it had been getting very stale, sort of spinning its wheels, not really moving forward anywhere. I do think this issue was better than the last two, maybe the last three. Because I will like... agree, but I'm still not digging it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I am right there with you. I still think it's one of the weakest, probably the weakest, well, no, Justice League might be lower now, but, yeah. but you know, Aquaman and Justice League are probably my two weakest that I'm still reading. And yeah. But this did have some interesting moments. I, you know, uh, Arthur getting angry and, like, throwing the first punch and, like, you know, getting scrappy with Superman... Like, did nothing but make Superman look like the one who had his, you know, his stuff together, you know? Like he... Well, yeah, and I also hate that we use Superman as the stand-in for the government and whatnot. It's like, uh, all right, I get it, and I understand it, but here, I felt like Aquaman was, he's unhinged a bit. Oh, yeah, Aqu- Aquaman know? came off as the, the asshole in this exchange. Yeah. He really did. And basically, that's all the issue is: is they have the fight, the the Atlantis fleet shows up, and Aquaman calls them off, and that's enough for Superman to let him go. Like he's he stopped them being like a giant war happening right now. Yeah. But um, he, he basically says you have to fix this or else. Um, and Mira asks Aquaman like, was he being serious? And he says yes. She's like, what does that mean? And he's like, it means I have to fix this quick. <laughs> like you know. Yeah, like that because I was like the guy that stands up to the the bigger guy. Mm. And talks himself out of it, and then turns around and goes, "Oh my God, I'm so lucky to be alive." Yeah, you know. And yeah. also, Mira, I am. I used to like her a lot as a character. The more I read Abnett's version of her, the less I like her. Is yeah, she just kind comes, of one note, you know? Well, and she comes off as super entitled and really distrustful of of the the land dwellers. Yeah. And I just, I didn't get that from when she was reintroduced with Brightest Day and John's as Aquaman. You know, I, I got that she was, she was an outsider in Atlantis as it was, being from Zebel. Yeah, so she, she sympathized with stuff a lot more, yeah. Yeah, and here she's just like, pro-Atlantis lady, and it's like, alright, cool. Yeah, the the only other thing that really happened in this issue, which I mean, it's really probably the major biggest thing that happened, is that so Black Manta is at uh, Nemo's the base, and we seen like in the one scene he had last issue that he met the the head of Nemo, and yeah. in, in this issue he immediately kills him and takes command of Nemo, which I thought was at least fun to see Black Manta just take charge that quickly, but at the same time it oh. it, it feels like we we just pointless. Get, it feels like we get one page of Black Manta every issue in the last few, and it's just progressed so quickly. Like, they couldn't have done this last issue? And dealt with the yeah. repercussions in a page here? It's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I did like, yeah, I liked a lot of the Superman stuff, but I'm biased, because I liked their conversation on, you know, Aquaman as the Molewark, which I thought, alright, Abnett, like, you, you really love that word, I get it, but I never thought of I don't know, maybe because I've been more sympathetic towards Aquaman. I've never thought of him as the odd man out. But I like what Abnett had said there with it. I just... I really hope the next arc can shy away from all this politics and Uh stuff. Because it's really kind of bogging down the issue. Or the the arc. It just felt like it's it's been spinning its wheels. Um, I really like the first issue with the embassy. Uh, you know, Aquaman, you know, Black Manta coming through the water at Aquaman and, and Mira. Yeah. There was some great stuff there in that first issue, and I feel like it's just been a decline 
a steady decline since. It has. And so. yeah, I was gonna say a little uptick, but no. I was thinking maybe the the rebirth. The number one was better than the rebirth. It was a little tip, but then it's. Uh, I, thought, yeah, this... I, thought, I thought the number one was a lot better than the rebirth issue, but I feel like number one was quite good, and then it's yeah. it's kind of just been thrown away since. Yeah. Which is a shame, but definitely. Um. So yeah, that's the last book of the week. Uh. So I think first things first, we will do our panels of the week. Mm-hmm. I I mentioned mine earlier. It's from Batman. It is the shot of Gotham Girl realizing that she's in the Bat Signal because I I think I think partly it just looks gorgeous. I love the way the clouds are like drawing in the mm-hmm. lights, like going between the clouds. It feels more realistic compared to when it's just like drawn on as a perfect circle. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because it's playing with the clouds, because it is a beam of light. Yeah. You know, so it should be a little bit more messy. And I, I like that because she's in front of it, it's creating an extra part of the the shadow. You know, and I think it's just it's kind of the it's like a really big moment as well. Like it, it just it feels impactful because it's like because yeah. the, the signal always is the signal's always like this call to uh, not arms but like you know it's it's always been a either you know help is coming. Or you know help is needed, uh, and here it's just used as this big thing. It's like, all oh, right, Batman's here, and th- things are about to go down. You feel like yep. he's about to do something big here. So um, I, I just, I just, I really like it. And it just, it was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous panel. So nice. Uh, mine's in a, a tie, but they're from the same book. Superman and Superman, yes. Yes, and it's it's him on the moon, putting the the lunar module back up. Uh, the one where he's then, putting the back up or the pose afterwards? Well, it's the pose afterwards because right. you see him pick up the flag and put it all there. And Earth's in the in the background. And there's a subtle little change that when you're reading it. Instead of being about truth and justice in the American way, he's about truth, justice, and family now. Hmm. That's what Superman stands for. And there's not a more perfect image of that than him overlooking the entire Earth because, like he says, Superman belongs to everybody. And then that's tied with the introduction of Superboy officially, uh, the last page. It's handled so well. So. What a shocker! Shocking picture. I know. That. I know. Yeah. I can't help it. All right. So, top fives and bottom book of the week. I think next, and I'll jump in here. I think Superman issue six does go to number one. Uh, that is the standout oh. book of the week for me. Alrighty. And then, hmm, is my order changing since I thought about this on Wednesday? Oh dear. Um, Uh-oh. Think, crossover. Nah, I'm, I'm still going to go with Supergirl at number two. Oh man. I really like Supergirl. Okay. I'm really into it. Then Batman at number three, um, which is notable because the first time it's beat Nightwing for me. Um, no. And then Nightwing at issue four, and then issue five... I'm. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll throw in Green Arrow at number five. I I think I had Cyborg there before, but I think I'll flip them now. I think since I reread uh, Green Arrow, it's okay. risen a little bit. Uh, and then in last place is Justice League. Justice League was just kind of mundane this week, so. Definitely. So I'm going to use the same books, just a slightly different order. Number one, Superman. Not a shock. Keep the streak alive. We're going to get to the Undertaker levels, and we'll see if there's a Brock Lesnar book to come and snap it. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to put Batman as number two, because the, the, a lot of the emotion in that book really hit. 
so I enjoyed that. And then I'm going to go Nightwing. It was solid. I really like Raptor as a character. Then we're going to go Supergirl. And then, uh, for all the reasons that Pete said, it, it's a fantastic book. And then Green Arrow. There you go. And, yeah. Just a little, little shake-up. Um, and I'll, have to, I'll have to get Connor's favorite, because I keep track of all these, by the way, so at the end of the year we yep. can look back and see... How many, like, what our most favorite book? I mean, obviously, Matt's going to be Superman. Though. It would yeah. take a miracle at this point for anything else to yeah. dethrone that. But so, yeah, so that's our favorite books of the week. And that leaves me to just tell you what's coming next week. So, coming next week, the second week of September, uh, 14th is the Wednesday, we have Action Comics 963, All Star Batman issue 2, Batgirl yeah. and the Birds of Prey issue 2. Deathstroke issue 2, Detective Comics 940, The Flash issue 6, Green Lanterns issue 6, New Superman issue 3, Suicide Squad issue 2, Superwoman issue 2, Wonder Woman issue 6, and then in Connor's Corner we have <laughs> Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps issue 4, Red Hood and the Outlaws issue 2, his favourite, and it's already a big week but I think I will include something else in here as well. Um, because next week, Doom Patrol issue one uh, is also launching, and I think I'm not going to promise that we're going to cover them indefinitely, but I think it would be worth doing issue ones of these and giving some opinions because it is still a DC, yeah. even though it's a, a sort it's of sub, it's a sub label, you know. Um, mm. And I've never read a Doom Patrol book before. This is a completely new thing to me, but I think it'll be interesting. I think it's something we can put at the end of the show rather than putting it at the start like we did with normal new books. The, the Young Animal line can come at the end. Yes, um, and there's a couple more of them launching in um, October, uh, which sound interesting as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's everything that'll be covered next week, and maybe Connor. So will many be. books. It's a lot of books. I feel like Ugh. Green Lantern's being pushed to next week's actually kind of annoying because this week was yeah. quieter. But hey ho. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's coming next week. Week two is the busiest week of the month, I think. Yeah, it is. I'm every scro- every time. I'm scrolling ahead and I'm I'm writing saying that. Um, actually, this is something we can start doing now that we've got enough books to talk about. Which yeah. one are you looking forward to the most? Um, as of right now, probably Flash because I want to see okay. where that's going. Although Detective, Detective. has to be. Uh, I was going to say Detective. Yeah. I I think for me, um, Superwoman's also up there because we've only had one yeah. issue of that and that was so good. And that dog is determined to ruin. He- because well, I got up and shut the door because the other dogs were barking and my wife came home and he wants to go out with her now. So No, no red cape you know. for you. No, That's no. He's, he's failed crypto school. Yeah. So, uh, take him out of here, please. I can't help it that he's loud. I know. So You say that about me too. Oh, God. Cameos from the dog. Cameos from the wife. There's just cameos yeah. all over this episode. Cats yeah, have all cat, heard. Well, my cat showed up in the back at some point because the lab's the only dog that'll deal with her. So, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, God. It is, it is a multiverse. Yeah, so many animals. All right, apologies for all the extra noises this week, guys. Um, but that that'll kind of bring an end to this week's show um, let us know what you think of the week's books in the comments below if you're on the YouTubes uh, you can get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz and you know all the other Twitters and all that are on the screen if you want them um, of course uh, check out the other stuff we do obviously if you're on YouTube you're on mailed fuzz TV check out the weekly TV reviews 
Uh, notable because a lot of the comic book shows are coming back soon. At the start of October, um, Supergirl, The Flash and all that are all coming back. We review those every week, so hopefully that's something you might want to check out. Yeah. Uh, we also... You're going to break Connor between all the comics and TV. He's, his brain's going to stop working. I know. It's, it's, it's really worth uh, mentioning that because it's the season of all the new shows coming up in a couple of weeks, we have so many new shows in addition to all the shows returning that we are putting ourselves through a gauntlet uh and over the next month so yep look forward to that also we have a new thing where we're, me and tim who we do horror movie reviews over on the movie channel mailed for movies on screams after midnight we're starting a new thing where once a week we're watching uh the old tales from the crypt tv show and we're reviewing each and every episode of tales from the crypt once per week so if that sounds of interest check that out and of course we have 1.21 gigawatts over on the movies channel which is regular movies uh, contemporary yep. movies with me and matt also, me yeah. and Connor have a movie show that will be starting uh, after pilot season. After pilot uh, season. We're not doing it during pilot season. Um, I won't reveal what that is yet, but that's coming. Uh, probably nope. end of October, start of November time. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I've never felt more like a part-timer in my life. Because <sighs> I'm on two. I'm here, and I'm on 1.21, and I make a guest appearance here and there. Game yeah. of Thrones season, me and Connor talk that while Pete... <laughs> Hangs out in his board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a Game of Thrones guy, but yeah. So that's everything. That's all my plugging. Um, there you go. By all means, send us questions, send us things, and questions, whatever. comments, all that type of good stuff. Yeah. Five star reviews. Yeah, because we, we, we'll bring stuff up. It's uh, always fun to do. And um, yeah, so thanks very much, guys, for watching or listening. Uh, like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot. We always appreciate it. Keep reading comics. We'll see you next week. And always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. And long live the Legion.